Uh, hi guys, Russell here. Um, so this is a follow-up presentation from one I did a couple of weeks ago, uh, asking the rhetorical question, is the short TLT done as a trade? And I'll call it part two, just so you can differentiate between them. Um, you know, so to give you some context, you know, like what we saw in October, first half of October, uh, was a very big move in the GLD TLT. Uh, and as I described recently, this is uh, something I've been looking for. Um, and for me, it was sort of the idea that if the Fed starts to think about um, cutting rates or slowing rate increases, you should see the long end of the bond market sell off because that's reflecting inflation coming. And you'll see GLD uh, rally uh, again because people see inflation coming. So I was quite pleased with that move. Now, what we've seen um is we've seen you know gold was good last month, but it's sort of been stuck in a range. TLT has been rallying. Um, and if you were sort of technically minded as a trader, uh, looking at the sort of moving averages, you would think a move to uh, 99 or even 100 is quite feasible. That's where the 200-day moving average is. Um, you know, so you could see a rally back to that level, uh, which would be another 13% from here and a 20% from a low. And look, for a lot of uh, big funds, especially funds like that run with uh, very low vol budgets uh, or within pods, you know, that type of move, a 20% move uh, is is substantial and they can't really bear that risk. So I understand it becomes this sort of self-fulfilling thing that if people think can't take a rally of that size, they have to cover and that causes a rally, it's sort of uh, self-fulfilling. Um and so, you know, if you're in that type of bucket, then I can understand why you'd be very nervous about being a short TLT. Um, like I said, it's quite easy to make a bullish uh, long-dead bond uh, story. You know, first thing you could look at is if you look at the short end of the US bond market, the two-year looks to have topped out. It, it sort of reached new highs uh, relatively recently, but has now fallen down to 4.8, so well inside the Fed fund rate. So it's sort of typically seen as a bit of a, a bear or recession indicator. So the, the market is saying they think Fed fund rate is going to be cut soon. So, you know, if you think that, then you'd be worried that you, you, the risk when you have to reinvest your cash is that the rates might be very much, much lower. So you might want to lock in a 30-year treasury to try and protect you from that. I understand that. Um, you know, and if, you are a, if you're a bond bull, which is most of the market out there, you know, it's quite easy. You could go look at this thing, which is the Senior Loan Officer Survey. Uh, and when that's tightening, uh, particularly sort of above like a 20% level or something like that, has normally been a recession indicator. You know, we got close in like 16. Um, and we got, of course, during the COVID and then reversed again. So you're looking at that. Uh, and if you're a macro economist type character, you'd be looking at that and going, Oh my God, I got to, it's deflation, recession. I've got to buy bonds. I got to get high equities, yada, yada, yada. You, you would have seen that type of conversation uh, all across sort of Twitter, Substack, macro commentator world. Um, and, you know, what is really interesting is this type of analysis now is very common, uh, which is why, and, and very well understood. So, like, I've taken this from a Polo presentation that a uh, subscriber sent to me. Thank you. But you can see this type of uh, chart from almost any investment bank. It's quite well, uh, it's very common and easy to find chart. And what it's showing you is that 
the uh, uh, market consensus for forecasters is that rates are going to fall, which is the first time they've ever done this in 20 years. They always think uh, bond yields are going to go higher previously. Uh, I, I think that's probably a legacy of the 70s or something like that. I don't know. But suddenly they're all going, well, we know what happens when bond yields go up. They have to come down again because we, we need the credit flow. All right. Uh, uh, now, you know, if you are pointing to what uh, the forecast is for bond yields and saying that's why you think you should buy bonds, you're obviously ignoring the first 20 years also, well, sorry, 18 years of this, which has shown that your forecast is always said to be selling bonds and they were so wrong, it was embarrassing. Uh, and actually being an economist isn't embarrassing. I was supposed to be one. I was trained one at university. Uh, I looked at the sort of crappy job they were doing and decided I needed to do something where uh, a little bit more life-affirming. <laughs> uh, but yeah, economists in general now all think uh, your budget is going to come lower uh, yeah, and look, you know, like I say, when it's something super easy and obvious, like what I've just shown you, that's where the conclusion they're going to come to. Because there's career risk. If they suddenly go out and say bond yields are going higher, uh, and then people go, look, all this obvious data you missed, you idiot, they get fired. So the career risk on the economist side is to to forecast a high rates. Now, I am not an economist. I think rates are going to keep going higher. Um, you know, I have very little faith in what Wall Street thinks. So why is that? Well, look, you know, uh, Japanese investors have a much better track record on what bond market is going to do than U.S. investors or U.S. forecasters. It's just, you know, they, I think, understand things a lot better. And so whenever I've looked at the Japanese 30-year bond market, you can see that unlike the States, you know, outside of the – so in, back in 2003, the whole financial system was collapsing in Japan – uh, and then the government came in and basically bailed it out. So we had this huge rally in the 30-year bond back then. But ever since then, it was just a super stable, uh, bullish bond market where yields just kept going lower and lower. And, you know, this being short JGBs, which was a recommended trade for hedge funds and uh, Wall Street forever, was just such a bad trade, it got nicknamed the Widowmaker. Now, what I find fascinating about JGBs is that uh, during COVID, the JGB market sold off well before the Treasury market. They understood an inflationary trend was coming well before the Americans did. Um, and if you pay attention to that, you made a lot of money, right? A lot of money. And what I'm seeing now is I'm not really seeing a rally in the JGBs. Uh, the the 30-year JGB is still at, you know, like near 10-year highs it's not giving the same sort of indications of some sort of big change, which is where I would expect to see it first. Um, if you wanted to be very bullish, you could argue the spread between JGBs and Treasuries are maybe a bit high. But you know, for me, I'm looking at JGB market. I'm not seeing a strong reason to think uh, bonds are a buy yet. So what are the Japanese seeing that the uh, average Wall Street uh, economist is not seeing? Well, I think the Japanese quite reasonably are looking at the way the, uh, both Biden and Trump have treated uh, government expenditures uh, and saying, well, we don't really see a, a, a trend change here. And as we know that Biden and Trump will be standing for president in the next election, uh, you'd be crazy to expect a trend change here. The U.S. federal government is going to keep spending money. Okay, That's inflationary. It's just, that's the reality. The second thing is that we are transitioning from a low tariff to a high tariff world. Uh, and even with the election of Biden, that hasn't changed. 
Uh, Trump is talking about across-the-board tariff increases. Uh, so you have an average tariff of 10%. This is inflationary. It's inflationary. Uh, so, you know, why why would you buy bonds in an inflationary world? And, you know, what I find, you know, so that's, you know, those are two things. What I think is also interesting is the, uh, uh, you know, the finance, uh, the U.S. releases data on who holds its treasuries. So, of course, treasury uh, outstanding has increased. And as the Fed has been reducing its balance sheet, you need new buyers to come in. <clears throat> Someone has to be buying them. But what we can see from the data that's being released is that, yes, total foreign holdings of treasuries has increased, but official holdings has been declining. So what you gain is that the market is more and more dominated by the private sector. And private sector investors actually need to be paid uh, some sort of rate. They're not going to, they're not price insensitive. They're very price sensitive. So for me, this also implies sort of higher bond yield markets. If we go and look at like the conference board, which has got a long, very long history of asking consumers what their inflation expectations are, what you can see is, you know, that uh, even though inflation expectations are down, uh, where they are now, 5.9%, is, uh, is still one of the highest ratings we've seen for a very long time. Uh, and that's after, a, you know, relatively weak commodity markets, uh, food, so wheat, corn, oil, natural gas, all been relatively weak, and yet the inflation expectations stay high. My feeling is that the consumer, the average punter on the street, has a better, a better view of inflation than the Wall Street economists, in my view. Um, so despite all this inflationary data and price action, retail flow continues to be very good into TLT and very poor into GLD. It should really be the opposite when people are convinced. And that's normally what you... For me, that's often what you get. You sort of disconnect is that, yes, people see inflation, but historically it hasn't come through. So I'm going to bet on what happened historically, even though everything's changed. And so that's where the money is. So it makes me very reluctant uh, to cover the TLT here. When you have this type of setup, yeah, you might get a sort of technical rally, but a technical rally could end in a day in a huge dump. And so for me, I'm not a trader. I'm, I'm happy just to run run through that position until it comes back. The other thing as well is that when I look at the dividend yield on TLT, it's still well below the Fed fund rate. Um, so it makes actually holding TLT, uh, when we include the cost of borrow and the dividend, uh, lower than the Fed fund rate. So you're getting a carry there. So I'm still happy to do that for me. Um, so look, while I understand the, the, the arguments that Bumbles have, and I can understand the data they're looking at, and all the data they're going to be looking at is really about credit flow starting to slow. But what I think they don't understand here is for the last 40 years where we've been trying to get real wage, uh, keeping real wages low and uh, running pro-capital policies is that with, without any wage growth, you need to have credit flow to get GDP growth, right? That was the important thing. Credit flow was an imperative because you didn't have the wage growth, right? Now we have the wage growth. Credit, credit growth has to contract to keep inflation under check. So when so what you we should, what the I think the Wall Street forecast game wrong is they're used to the credit indicators being the main indicator. They're no longer the main indicator. It's labor, and what I'm seeing is unemployment is not really picking up yet. Um, there are some signs of it maybe, but I'm not really seeing it, and you're certainly not seeing it in the JGB market. So what investors need to do is they we need to reset their expectations, reset their forecasts to get rid of credit indicators because credit is not important. It's what wages are doing. Uh, and for me, when I look at the politics, 
I continue to see real wages rising for the foreseeable future. And so I think bonds remain a short and TLT remains a short. It could rally a bit more from here, 100%. But I think, you know, when it sells off again, it will be radical. All right. Stay safe. We'll talk again soon. Ciao.